Yo, 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 what's good, everyone? Thank you for stepping into the coach's box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined by Coach Pace and Coach Murph. We got a lot to talk about, fellas. We're going to do our reflections of All-Star Weekend. We're going to talk about which NBA stars are under the most pressure this year. And, you know, we got to get into the NFL drama that's going on. We're going to do Daniel Jones. We're going to give him a big contract. We're going to give it to Saquon Barkley. We're going to franchise tag one of them. We get rid of one. And the never-ending story of what should Lamar Jackson do? And then some thoughts on Eric Bieniemy's new position as offensive coordinator in Washington. So first things first, we're going to start with All-Star Weekend Reflections. And so go ahead, Coach Murph, you're starting this one. Uh, man, so I, I, I wrote a little bit of everything down about each almost every event the the celebrity game was fun i always enjoyed the celebrity game shout out um, to monet yeah shout, boy <laughs> <laughs> anyway you about to get me in trouble <laughs> uh, but dk metcalf ball like i assumed i i thought jester would get more pt these are and i'm naming these guys because you know before the the game started uh these were people that i mentioned that's going to be the reason why team Wade won. And I said DK, Jesser, and um, hey, I I forgot how to pronounce her last name. I'll be practicing. Uh, but um, Arik, Arik, that's her first name. Oh, but WNBA player, yeah. 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 But um, I thought Jesser would get more PT. He's a YouTuber and he, he got a clip. He got a clip from three, so, but that boy DK Metcalf took it over. But in all, you know, the the All Star is pretty much it's turning into what what the you know NFL Pro Bowl is starting to be like. Uh, under for the All Star game, I understand where people are saying that it's not entertaining people don't like defense which is funny because we're in uh you know an era where things is all offense anyways so not seeing people complain about defense is, is funny but um I can't I literally, it literally is just pretty much like background like you know you chilling with people and you just got the game on you just casually talking that's what the all-star game was to me um them drafting live, uh, I didn't feel too different about it. Um, I kind of prefer how they did it before when they just do it with the the NBA on TNT crew. Um, I just felt like that was just a lot of extra showmanship for no reason. Um, the the dunk contest just needs to be eradicated. <laughs> like because it, it's not going to be what anybody wants it to be and then even if it at this point I feel like even if it becomes what everybody wants it to be which is big name stars being in it it's still not going to be that because it's going to be a bunch of safe safe dunks and stuff like that but shout out to to Mac Clung McClung mm. uh, it was pretty much a dunk practice for him because it but but I do want to give my due diligence to to uh Trey Murphy the third because he was definitely creative yes. and had some interesting dunks. Jericho Sims, bro. bro, don't ever come back. 
ever. I seen your arms go on the rim three times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm cool. <laughs> Nobody asked for that. I'm cool. And and then <laughs> you know how in slow motion it's supposed to make the dunks look like crazier. Like for instance, when Matt Clung came up and did that dunk, and then he hit yeah. it off the backboard. And but you didn't see that really for especially from the angle. You saw that I was like, oh no, that's even crazier. Mm-hmm. His in slow motion, this dude pulling on the the net and he's stuck his other arm. adjusting his arms to get in there he he could even tear tear open the envelope properly right. <laughs> it's just like that that was horrendous julius randall don't ever step foot at the three-point line ever again mm-hmm. ever again they could have got brunson for that if they wanted to get a new york they could have got brunson for that but like Julius, you just saw that off rip. That was just a waste of time. That was like a handicap for somebody else. Just guarantee somebody else and um the rising the rising stars challenge. The only thing I like to say is actually I would like for them to do the um make the all-star game more like the rising stars and just do like four teams of five or so and just do it like a little bracket that way something you can do it just like uh you know up to 24 something like that have four legends select their you know starters and you know have them battle it out that way I feel like that would be dope I like that because it'll be more like a true like uh like a true black top pickup game and not you sitting here picking between 30 different players. It's just like, all right, let's just create the, these teams of five. Cause we already know as much as we want like a King of a court or something like that to go down, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the rising stars challenge, I just love seeing, you know, all the young players ball. I was mainly excited to see Kenny Lofton on the court since, you know, he, he plays for, well, he's in the, the G League right now, but he under you know Memphis's G League team. But um that was you know that's kind of my thoughts. Of course we we all know they need changes. Oh the last one is the skills challenge. Yeah. No more team on a kumbo. We're done. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> I don't want to see team Antetokounmpo every year. We get it. There's three holiday brothers. Yeah, you, could do holiday. Mm-hmm. you could do bring Dale Curry. You could do the Curries, but I'm done with the I, no. <laughs> we get it. Like Giannis, you love your brothers. This is the only time they're really going to get shine because they don't get PT nowhere else. I get it. No more. And the rookies suck. They blew that. Boy, I don't know. I, I don't understand how you in shooting. Yes, the sh- all three teams shot bad poorly. Like to be honest, um, and I'm starting to think that this is just a a city thing. Two years in a row, the city won, and I wouldn't be shocked if next year the city won because I believe it's in Indiana. Mm. So if they put a team of Miles Benedict and Tyrese Hallenburton. I don't care what what Victor Scoot and whoever. 
and the Takumpo brothers if they come back. <laughs> I, I just think it's it's about to be. I think the city about to run it back three three years in a row. That's only if it's in Indiana, but I believe that's where it's at next year. Get Buddy Buckets out there. Yeah, it's Coach Space. What you think about All Star Weekend? Um, I don't really have anything to add, but I didn't really watch the game. I'm not gonna tell y'all why. Uh-oh. But I was asleep. <laughs> and according to the highlights, um, uh, I didn't miss anything. So I'm cool with that. But at this point, I don't even care no more because they ain't gonna do nothing. They ain't gonna figure it out. I think uh when was the year they did uh Kobe and Gigi's number on the back of the jerseys? Was that 2020? 2021, yeah. I must say, I think that was the most competitive one we've probably seen in a very long time. Um, and I like that format, but format, but I don't know. I just, I think they just get kind of lazy at this point. I mean, and they looking for forward to vacation, um, because you know they got them nine days off. And they probably just like, man, let's just make it through the weekend, go to our vacation, and then we can restart back to work on Thursday or Friday or whatever. Uh, yeah, Thursday or Friday. Sure. So I, I really think that's what it was this year. Um, but that just brings us back to the topic of load management, because how you all, I, how all y'all basically sitting? They probably didn't all sat at least five games, except probably Julius Randle. I think he played all the games. But how everybody's sitting five, at least five to ten games out of the season, and y'all still need load management. Like, what all do it with y'all trainers, nutritionists, y'all getting massages every day, y'all taking naps. I just don't get it. So that just brings us back to the point of load management because I think that's what really came back. They're like, oh, we got nine days off, so I can take time off. Damian Lillard mm-hmm. didn't even play last night. I, trust me, I know. I was like, what? Like what do you John do? Morant didn't either. He was that's on the court. Why, that's he why you play. make it. That's why I don't like the whole you know two teams that I say they should just do it like the Jordan Rising Stars because then you know like all right if you do four teams of five, four teams of eight, everybody's going to play. Mm. You know you're not going to do that. But also like the the format that you're referring to, it's the same, but it was just a blowout by the third quarter where it's just like. Okay, Team Giannis needs 24 points in the fourth where, you know, Team Braun needed like 40. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, Braun got hurt early on trying to block a, a Shea shot and got his finger stuck in the realm. So he went out early. Um, yeah, Giannis. Giannis ain't played. He just got the first bucket and sat out because of his wrist injury. So maybe that played a role in why it was such – you know, a lopsided victory. Um, but I mean, the whole game seemed like it was like that, though. You know what? Even maybe I wouldn't even be mad if they just make it like make it like college and just do two two half two quarters. Like we don't even need the whole four four quarters of BS. Just do two quarters. You know, you don't even like don't have them play a full game if they're so worried about low management getting hurt and you want them to play hard. Just don't let them play as long. It's an exhibition anyway. 
That's why I can't wait for that collective bargaining talk, honestly, because, boy, they about to lose so much money. Yeah, I I don't have too much to add. Yeah, uh, skills contests. Just the, yeah, the shooting was horrendous. Like, this is supposed to be an offensive, like, shooting league, and none of those cats were really able to shoot. Like, the highest score was, what, eight or something, eight or ten by Utah or something like that? Like, come on. Yeah, I think 13. 13, 13, like it was 13. Freedom. I think like one person got eight by themselves. The second place, the rookies got eight. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. and Jordan Clarkson didn't even make a basket the whole time. <laughs> it's the other yeah, wasn't it wasn't it Sexton that carried? It was Sexton and then yeah, I think Sexton carried that, but I think Sexton got like eight of the points. Yeah. Like he was strapping. I was like, if you shot like this in the game, boy. Boy. So that that was that was a disappointment. The three point contest was good. Shout out Damian Lillard for winning that. That was competitive. Um, and the dunk contest was cool. Yeah, like I, I have a lot of thoughts about that. You know, we talked about in our live show um, different ways that they could do the dunk contest, even just not even including NBA players. Uh, but I just I'm just really disappointed in. You know, I think the narrative is like a couple of things because either you're too afraid to actually do the dunk contest because it'll ruin your brand, quote unquote, or you don't feel like you're creative enough to actually do something really like spectacular in a dunk contest. And so athletes are afraid to like go out there and they're like, hey, I can punch, especially in game, but like, how do I do something that's never been done before? But I think Mac McClung like showed you a formula. What could be done? Now I know part of it is is like racial, like that he surprised everybody, but still the dunks that he he did, he made them all in the first try, and he was creative, like that jumping over and tapping off the backboard. Like we we've seen parts of that before, but we haven't seen that whole package together. That five forty he did at the end, Victor Oladipo did that when he was with the Magic. But Mac McClung did it in a way that it was like, oh, like that was super dope. It was super clean. The way he did it was dope. So it's like even Trey Murphy's done. Like a lot of people make the ball hit the ground or they throw it straight off the backboard. He caught it before it hit the ground, which was like something you don't see a lot. So he tried, he did something familiar, but in a different way. I think he got penalized a little bit because he's so tall. Um, it didn't look as good. It wasn't as aesthetically pleasing, but it was a good dunk. It was a really good dunk. So I am just like, why are, why are athletes so afraid? Like I, I was thinking about, I've been watching the dunk contest for a long, 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 long time. Ever since I was old enough to remember it. And I don't remember one player who lost, like getting their brand hurt because they lost. And you think of the greats who have lost dunk contests. You think of, you know, T-Mac lost the dunk contest. Steve Francis lost the contest, dunk contest. Uh, you have your Dwight Howards and your Nate Robinsons. You have Aaron Gordon lost the dunk contest. Shouldn't have, but he did. Yeah, like I said, Francis, all them. Jason Richardson, all these people. Like Oladipo, it didn't hurt their brands. You know what I'm it, 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 so I don't understand why, why players are so reluctant to do it. Um, Laziness. Yeah, it's just lazy, just like a lack of creativity. It just feels like you can really escalate your brand. Like you are uniquely positioned to escalate your brand in a way that athletes of the past could not in the dunk contest. Like Jordan lost the dunk contest. Dominique Wilkins lost the dunk contest. 
it didn't hurt their brands. It actually up our and like I know we're in social media age, but people are gonna talk about you regardless. They're gonna talk about you because you didn't participate, and they're gonna talk about you if you don't perform well. If if you do participate, so it's like who cares at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, so that that still needs some work. But Matt McClellan did a really good job, and it was worth watching to see him perform. Yeah, the actual game was trash. Um, like our our noon ball games in college were more competitive than the facts. Big facts. Um, yeah, so it was just kind of disappointing with that, and just to see folks sitting out like afterwards. I'm like, bro, you have all these days off. Like, what are y'all doing? Um, do you all think now y'all were like health sports science people? So I want to ask y'all this question: Do you think that the intensity and the types of workouts that these athletes are doing are contributing to their injuries, their nagging injuries? Do you think they're putting too much pressure on their body? I will say this. Um, so from what I'm hearing, AAU is like ruining all these kids' bodies. Um, because you got to think about it. They're going and playing every weekend, year-round, plus doing workouts, plus waking up at 5 a.m., which, I mean, you're supposed to do, of course. Granted, a lot of it is genes, um, and you're genetically more advanced than everybody else, a.k.a. Bronny. But um, a lot of them are doing all these tournaments, Peace Jam. Uh, you know, you got the Jordan Classic if you're – all this stuff. And then next thing you know, they play in season, out of season two or three workouts a day and then kids come into college and their bodies are basically like their legs are basically like 25 year old men legs mm -hmm. just because of all the wear and tear not to mention if they play football a lot of them don't play football any, anymore which i think is crazy um because everybody know playing multiple sports helps you in each sport indirectly but that's neither here nor there we're not going to get into that because that's a whole i mean some of the best athletes play multiple sports aka lebron james but we ain't gonna get into that um but a lot of it is like the wear and tear on the kids bodies because they'll come into the nba and it'll be their rookie season a la zion and everybody's wondering why he's getting hurt granted he's overweight of course all that Force and power. He's 300 pounds, 6'7". Needs to be at left tackle. But um, he's also probably playing with, like, 27, 28-year-old legs. Like, mm -hmm. that's not normal. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's part of it. Um, and they get babied all the time. Yeah. So... I mean, I just think it's as simple as that they might just not know their body as much as uh, we think they should. They have everything at their disposal to know these things, but um, <clears throat> it could be a mixture of, you know, the wear and tear because of they're not giving themselves proper recovery treatment or they're seeing, you know, they could be amazed by some of their – you know, teammates or other players in the league and be like, oh, I want to be like that. And they start doing things that they're doing, but it's like that, that's not for you. Like you're, you don't have like, you know, coach pace touch on jeans and, you know, all that other stuff. You're doing things that don't work for you or they do unnecessary trainings 
that, you know, because it looks cool, you know, because people come up like, oh, let's do something like, you know, balance on a BOSU ball with one leg while holding a basketball on your right and spend like, you know, a whole bunch of like extra stuff, um, you know, that can cause injury. So I just think that they, that they, I'm assuming that a lot of them, they got too much at their, at their disposal for them to be getting injured the way they are. So I, I think it's just negligent at this point. I agree. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, the athletes of today and like the KDs, LeBrons, I think there's a, there's a generation gap. Because KD, granted, he's older, he's getting hurt more now, but he's 15 years in. Like, first 10 years, KD wasn't really getting hurt unless he, like, tore his ACL. Russ wasn't getting hurt unless he, like, blew out something. These dudes is getting hammies and out 20 games. Yeah. These dudes is pulling a finger and they're out 10 games. Yeah. Like, bro, that's not normal. That's not. That's not normal. That's not normal at all. Like I don't, I don't know who they trainers are, or anything like that. But like the 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 generation gap between guys that played longevity wise and these guys now, like it's absolutely absurd. Even Dame, Dame had to go through four years of college, and Dame plays more than guys like Devin Booker, Zion, uh, Ja, mm-hmm. and Dame played four years of college. Yes. Yep. Like, that's crazy to me. I think you touched on it earlier, too, in terms of of them being baby, because also we don't know the extent of their injury. Just like how you spoke on the the dunk contest, like, are you afraid that, you know, it's going to do something to your brand? These people could be like, you know, some people, oh, if you're 80 percent or whatever, uh, you can play. But it seems like now they're just like, oh, no, I got to be 100 percent. Like, true. I got to be 110%. Well, you know, people in the past, they'll be here like, shoot, all of us injured at this point, but just, right. you know, you just go and play. We all dealing with something. That's why mm-hmm. like, you hear a lot of old, older players, like, there's a difference between, like, hurt and injured. Like, no, that's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all playing hurt at some point during the season. Now, if you injure, it's healthier for you to stay out. You need to recover. But if you just hurt, like, you know, people are toughing out. And then I was listening to JJ Reddick earlier this week, and he was just saying how much of a, a toll that the game has taken on the athletes' bodies, where because there's more possessions a game in the game, so they're more active throughout the games, um, whether it's on the defense or you know offense and stuff like that. Just put more effort in there, and I, I kind of understood that. But I took a look at some of the players' workouts, those that posted, and I'm looking at. You know, a lot of them are explosive, fast twitch workouts um, to get that bounce, to get that that quick first step and everything like that. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, well, if you do that, like all the time, aren't you putting a lot of wear and tear on your on your muscles? And so, like, because you're working so hard preparing for the game, you're exerting more before the game than you actually are in the game. But mm-hmm. then so your your hamstrings and your. Uh, Achilles and all those th- type of things, those those things that you're stretching, those muscles you're stretching so hard, and and practice and, and stuff like and uh, and uh, and working out, like that's putting miles and miles and miles on those muscles, 
that people weren't putting on those those muscles before. So now you tweak it and now you're going for 10 games. That goes back to what Coach Murph said. So if you're doing all that, why aren't you doing the proper recovery? Yeah. Like, it comes back to because, I mean, if Kobe – because Kobe was outworking all these cats. I'm going to tell you that now. Yeah. Kobe was outworking, outworking all these cats, but somehow he played 20 years. Granted, he wasn't crap for the last three because he tore his Achilles. Mm-hmm. But he was still outworking all y'all. And playing 70, 75, 80 games, plus the playoffs, plus Olympics. So what does that say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some, it's, not, it's a disconnect here because y'all got more than what Kobe had, but y'all playing less games. Yep. Even though y'all workouts is more intense, why aren't you doing the proper things to recover? Like, it's not, it's not adding up here. Mm-hmm. And I think JJ also mentioned the schedule changes that they're not doing three days in a row anymore but they're doing like four games and five nights and stuff like that and so players are expected to play more like in in a bunch even though it might not be consecutive days they're still more in a bunch and so I was like okay I guess I can see that too but still like there's too much much of that happening um I feel and it's just it's just weird how everything is happening like that because and also I noticed that a lot of these players they're not landing correctly the ones that got like the bounce that can jump out the gym, they're landing on one leg. Yeah, yeah. that's not – that's not – I mean, that just goes back to, like, the trainers not training them properly, really. Um, that's, because the first thing you're supposed to work on is landing mechanics. Exactly. Job does it all the time. If you watch Job Morant play, a lot of times he's landing on one leg. I'm like, bro, I know you don't weigh that much, but you're putting all that force, that gravity on one leg every single time that you jump and land. I guess they ain't learned from Derrick Rose. Exactly. I mean, and Russell Rusbrook does it too. It's a it's a wonder why he hasn't gotten hurt more because he uh, like uh, because he's Russell Westbrook. That's a there's outliers to every rule. Russell Westbrook is an outlier. Have you seen Russell Westbrook ever get tired? No. Okay. That's a uh, he's an outlier. Just like LeBron's an outlier, Russell Westbrook is an outlier to everyone. He be wearing out the the rim and the backboards. <laughs> hey, listen, we need to do a study on that because uh, when he was with OKC, he could shoot. I don't know what happened between OKC and everywhere else, but he didn't went to he didn't went to poo poo. He probably started working out with Ben Simmons. That's probably what happened. But not because he wouldn't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I thought it was worth asking. I, I knew, you know, y'all being in the fields that y'all are, like I wanted to hear your perspective because it's just like Land mechanics are trash. And I'm like, man, they put so much wear and tear on their body just to prepare for the game. Like how your 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 ligaments and muscles are gonna be years older than those folks that played before you uh at this time. So but yeah, uh so we're gonna move into the next one. You know, there's movement going on. You got KD and Phoenix now. Um, you know, you got Boston trying to, you know, get back from last year from losing in the finals. You got all these teams. Uh, you know, Philly trying to get over that hump, all these players. Which stars do you think are under the most pressure this year? Coach Pace will start with you. Um, I think personally, uh, let's go. I don't have a particular order, but I'm just going to say Jason Tatum. Okay. John Morant. Mm-hmm. And James Harden. Those are my like my three. Of course, KD, but KD's always has pressure on him, so I don't really 
even throw KD in it. Um, but those are my three. Because Ja, you did all the talking. You good in the West. If you don't come out of the West or you don't make it to a Western Conference Finals, we're going to start having that discussion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tatum, you made it to the Finals last year. You struggled a little bit. Some games you were there, some games you weren't there. You didn't win. It's about that time, buddy. Mm -hmm. Time for you to take that next step because you're looking like MVP. Ooh, I got to add a fourth in there. My bad. Jokic. Ah, you cannot win three MVPs in a row, and we looking at you like, uh, so why he ain't been in the finals? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he wins MVP this year, that's going to put a lot of pressure on him. Let LeBron James win three MVPs in a row and not make the finals. We're going to be looking at dude like he's insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We not, no, that's the rule. I don't care what nobody say. Um. Yeah, no, that's not even cool. And James Harden, I mean, we already know what James Harden is. He needs to – he just got to get it done. I ain't, ain't no if answer, but you wouldn't be – they done basically constructed the team around you. What you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. I, uh, okay, so mine – I actually went with Harden's teammate, Embiid, on this one. Now, I understand James Harden, too. Like, he definitely, definitely is there. But MB, because he was kind of at, at the beginning of the quote unquote process. And, you know, we've seen all this stuff materialize. And now, you know, most of those players are gone. They're bringing in new ones and everything. You know, Kawhi Leonard ruined that one year for them with the game seven shot. You know, that could have been a year where he'd have gotten to a point, maybe the, even the finals, where it wouldn't be as much pressure this year. Um, I mean, and of course, Doc Rivers is a part of that pressure. He's got to get it done. Uh, and if he gives up any lead in the playoffs, he's probably going to be he's going to be gone. So there's pressure there. But MB, you know, you've been runner up for MVP for a couple of years. Um, you know, a lot was expected of him. So if they don't get over the hump, at least to, you know, Eastern Conference Finals or the finals, I think there's going to be some changes made for sure. Uh to throw a new another new name out there, I go with Chris Paul too. His window is closing in general because he's on the late latter end of his career. Uh, this is his best opportunity while KD's here. I know that does give him a couple years worth, but nothing's guaranteed. And with KD getting injured here and there, uh, we saw Booker get injured, you know, this year. So that window may not be as broad as people think. And and so he was a big part of the blame for losing the finals to the Bucks a couple years ago. And so if he's not able to get it done this year, um, it is not going to look good for him. And then I also add Kyrie Irving to this list. And I add Kyrie to it. I know he's only on a one-year piece, but he was supposed to be brought there to make the team better. The problem is, the reason why He's under pressure is because Dallas made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. So if they don't at least make it back to the Western Conference Finals, everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, this Kyrie thing ain't going to work. And he's going to end up somewhere else. Because they were like, well, Luka got us there pretty much dang near by himself. And he's supposed to have Kyrie Irving here, and we get to the same spot where we get knocked out earlier. So there's going to be some pressure there because of all the chaos that ensued before then and the expectations put on the Mavericks based on their success last year. 
So those are a couple names I thought of too. But your last two are self-explanatory though. I, I don't think Chris those Paul last two I don't Chris think those Paul last two have pressure on them. No, Chris Paul is the black cat of the NBA. Literally, there's Chris Paul's not doing nothing. Chris Paul is the black cat of the NBA. Then you got Kyrie. He ain't nothing without LeBron. So I don't even acknowledge him. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think those last two have pressure on them because when I think of pressure, it's like, what do what are we going to think of you after this season? So for CP3, honestly, if he went and won it all, I don't think our views on him would be any different if he even if he didn't, he would just be one of the greatest pure point guards of all time. That's not going to change regardless if he gets a ring or not. So I think I feel like if he was still with the Clippers, that would be a little bit different. But with the Suns and where he's at, you know that he's not going to carry the team. So really, if they go and win, we know that it's going to it's going to be because of Durant, not because of Chris Paul. He'll just be there getting I wouldn't say Kyrie has pressure because, yeah, they brought you in and, you know, we brought – you have to go to the Western Conference Finals at least because Luka did it by itself. But also, Kyrie is only going to be there for, like, 25 games. At least when they went on that run, you know, Luka was with the whole team for the whole season, not just taking away – you know, half your team and then adding a new guy. So I feel like they don't really have pressure on them. Um, we all agree on Ja, obviously, but that's just because of the talk. So to me, with you being good in the West, you have to at least make it to the Western Conference final or all that, all that stuff is dead. I don't want to hear nothing from Memphis until then. Um, I also, I mean, we can pretty much just say the Sixers organization in general. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's Doc who, you know, leads the league in the most 3-1 blown leads. Um, you got Embiid. And, yeah, uh, people do like to blame Kawhi on the shot. But I watched that very closely because Jimmy Butler was on the team at the time. So, you know, I was repping Philly. Mm -hmm. And if you watch, everybody remembers the shot, but if you watch the whole series, there was times where Embiid didn't play because of his stomach hurt or he just underperformed. Like that, anybody watching that series knew that that game shouldn't have went to a game seven. That should have been over at six tops. Yeah. So... I put that more so on Embiid than Kawhi hitting the shot. And then the other one I don't blame him for because Ben Simmons, why are you blowing up a layup, you know? Mm -hmm. And then just with all the changes the Sixers have done, you know, pay, deciding to pay Tobias before Jimmy Butler, um, doing the whole the process, rebuilding, getting nothing out of it, and then hardness self-explanatory with you – not being able to do it in Houston, going to the Nets, not being able to do nothing there, then coming to the Sixers, like, you got to do something somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then my last one is Jokic, and that's only – I mean, it's the same reason for Coach Pace. That's only if he wins MVP again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great, great.
So he better hope he lose because the Denver ain't winning the chip this year. Man. It's like, it's funny. They have a back-to-back MVP, but like no one believes in them. Like that's the funny part. (laughs) And they're all healthy this year. Man, the only reason he got that is because we tired of giving the thing to Giannis. Well, not because they could give it to MB because MB has been the runner-up. But I, the only difference why they've been given to Jokic is because he's always healthy. He's good to play like seventy-six plus games in a season. But also last year, I mean, not having Murray and not having you know MPJ, like that was just self-explanatory. Explanatory. It's just like okay, it's literally just Jokic and everybody else. So I understand that one. The one before then was a toss-up, but I think that mainly came because he – I think he played, like, 80 games that season. Do you all feel that there's any pressure for the um, for the Clippers at all? Anybody on the Clippers? Nope. No. Mm. Uh, no. Nope. Uh, I, I – uh, I only say that because of the quad Leonard commercials that, that yeah. you got there. Like, you're supposed to be the new king of L.A. <clears throat> LeBron already beat you to get in the ring in L.A. And I know. That's why it don't matter. That's why it don't matter. <laughs> what are you, I don't know. What, what, what are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. The only, the only pressure that the Clippers is going to have is if they mess around and land the Lakers in the playoffs, whether it's first round, second round, finals. If you face the Lakers, you have to win. That's when the pressure is on. Mm. And also, like, the pressure will be on the Lakers too, but I will put less – like, they're going to put it just because it's like, oh, LeBron, remember this guy came to your city and blah, blah, blah. So they're going to put a lot more pressure on LeBron that he really deserves. But I'm going to look at LeBron like, listen, you already got your ring. So, like – you're going to have a little bit of pressure, but not as much. Because I'm going to be like, yeah, the guy came in saying, this is my town or Kauai town. But, like, you've been here for, like, what, four years? Mm-hmm. Like, th- that commercial is old. They don't even run it anymore. So, I'm about to say, Kauai, hey, Kauai going to show up for them six games, seven games, and get hurt. I promise you. We won't see. Because, you know, everybody, they whole team get up to play the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They'll be there that whole series. And they get blown out 4-1 in the next series. I promise you. They're just wait on it. They just like the Cowboys. Just <laughs> you wait. Man. Oh, all right. Would you add Anthony Davis to that list? Okay. No. Stop it. No? Okay. No. What 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 are we what do we expect out of do? He's hurt. He's a <laughs> <laughs> he's a walking infirmary. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> no, bro. Like, no. 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 All right. I think think he stubbed his toe like two uh, when they blew somebody out, and he almost had to come out. Like, bro, I'm not. I feel as though that you know where Bron is at in his career, especially this year with him being the scoring title. If they get in the position to really make a run and make one, and like make it to like the you know conference finals or the NBA finals, all that passive Bron stuff is over with. I already know Ron is going to want to take over and, like, really submit and be like, you know, because, you know, when he won 
finals MVP in the bubble, people are just like, oh, well, you know, that's kind of a toss-up. It could have went to AD. I think he's going to try to go on a run where it's like, nah, it's, it's undeniable. Like, I'm I'm him. I'm the scoring champion. Or I got the score all-time scoring title, and I'm finals MVP. He probably might do like a 35-12-8 type series. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Okay. Well, we'll continue to reevaluate this as as the season goes along. But I like I like all the lists. Like all. all right, we're gonna shift gears to the NFL. So, the Giants have a little situation on their hands here, where they gotta pay. Is it is it really a situation? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's really not. It's it's genuinely not a situation. It's just a topic we gotta cover. <laughs> Because somebody on ESPN said, no, you got everybody on ESPN say you got to pay the quarterback. No, you don't. I was floored by the amount of analysts who were like, yeah, you definitely got to go with Daniel Jones. You definitely got to pay Daniel Jones. And if, if that means that Saquon has to walk, you know, the, the lead, you know, then you have to trade him and get rid of I was like, what? what are we no, but, but did y'all hear about that 40, that 45 M's a year contract? <laughs> I hope that's a lot. I, thought it was, I hope Daniel. Daniel I thought it was fifty. I hope he. I heard it was forty. Years. It's for, It's forty-five. It's forty-five. I heard it was four. Four years, two hundred. They, they, they're talking about. Listen, we're talking about. We're talking about Jalen Hurts possibly getting fifty a year. There's no way. No. There way. is no way. I but hope they talk about Dayball getting half that. <laughs> <laughs> like. But he he fifteen touchdowns this season, and you'll be hitting forty five. I hope that's a lie. I hope that's a lie. But like for me, like Daniel Jones is replaceable. If you let him like walk in free agency, he's going to be like the epitome of Baker Mayfield when he was like, oh well, I want to go to the Colts, and they're like, uh, now nah, we already got somebody like. Oh well, like release me, and it took him forever for somebody to like trade for him. Like that's what Daniel Jones is going to be. So like, know your role. It's Saquon's team. I know people hate paying running backs, but that's the running back you have to pay. I'm not gonna lie to you. Daniel Jones might see three years, ninety million out of me, all of the guaranteed. You want like a little Kirk Cousins type deal? Yes, I'm not with. No, bro. What am I gonna give? What am I gonna give you? The thing is, though, that I I think the situation is is that you can't afford to pay them both. You have to pay one and franchise tag the other. I'm paying Saquon Barkley whatever dollar he wants. So if they franchise, um. Daniel Jones, it would be about thirty-two point four million franchise. Yeah, for franchise. Because I think he's going in at forty-five, knowing he's not going to get forty-five. But I think he's trying to the art of negotiation have them land, you know, high thirties, low forties, like maybe thirty-eight <clears throat> a year, because he knows he's going. He knows he's got thirty-two, right? So. He's trying to get higher than that 32, maybe laying at a 38 per year. So I think, or 40 per year. So that might be what he's trying to do. But they better not get him $45 million. Yeah, because, like, for me, because I'm like, 
45, if you want to give him 45 M's, I'm like, okay. Look at the division he's in. Man, like you, you, I don't Mark see Jackson. Daniel Jones having a successful, you know, division record because he's there's gaps between Hellman Hurts and and Dak. Like Washington, and we'll get on the topic later with the enemy, the enemy being there. Maybe if he's like the offensive guru we believe he is, Dave Ball's a defensive guy. So I'm assuming whoever y'all got calling offense is not going to be able to out, like outshine what the enemy would be able to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he threw for three thousand two hundred five yards, fifteen touchdowns, and five interceptions <laughs> last year. That was Daniel Jones. Nah, he- Dude, I throw I throw that in three minute quarters on Madden all season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. The deadline for the franchise tag is March 7th. Uh, so that's definitely one of the situations we'll be watching closely just to see what the uh, what the Giants do. But also what that does for the market, because if if Daniel gets that before Burrow and Herbert and stuff do. Then- Man, they're going to be, hey, it's going to be 70 million a year. <laughs> And then what is that going to do with Lamar? Lamar's going to be like, well, dang, like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get, get $75 million in a year. Then. Nah, hey, he needs that, need that 133 <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I can't believe they are. <laughs> you offer an MVP $133 million guaranteed. Yeah, man. Well, that leads us to our next topic is what – and I, I want you all to take, to take a second and think about this from both perspectives. So – when we talk about this, what do you think Lamar should do? And then what do you think the Ravens should do? Because that could be two different things. Coach Pays, what do, you, what do you think? This is really easy, guys. There's nothing. And Keyshawn Johnson said it best. Until there is a 200 number guarantee, you can't call my phone. You can call my agent. My agent might be able to get a hold of me. You know what? Matter of fact, actually, his agent is his mom, right? Yeah. 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 Call my mom. Y'all can do that. You will not be able to get You won't see me in the facility. You won't see me in that state because I know he lives in Florida. Mm-hmm. You might not see me in the country. I don't know. I might be in Cabo saying, but you, hey, the Baltimore, y'all not going to see me. I promise you. Unless that did 200 million guaranteed, and then we can work out the kinks. Good riddance, buddy. I don't care if you franchise tag me or not. I'm going to be just looking at that number. Y'all can, hey, go ahead and, you know, they franchise me. I think you get a penalty. That's cool. I don't want that money anyway. These endorsements is real nice and all this other stuff I got going on. I don't need it. Man, you are absolutely insane. Baltimore, if I'm them, I'm trading. Yep. Yep. I'm going to tra- trade him because I don't want to pay him. Am I stupid? Yes. But listen, we're going to run with uh, what's his name? Tyler Huntley, <laughs> the Pro Bowl quarterback that we have. <laughs> started four games. Four more games than we did. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm starting with the playoff game because he had no yep. awareness and thought he was much closer to the end zone than he actually was. 
You thought it was Mike Vick on Madden 2004. Oh, that's so bad. All right. I, I definitely feel that. Uh, Coach Murph, what you got for this one? Man, I <laughs> – so I'm looking at this in two ways. If I'm Lamar, if they actually offer me the $133 million guarantee, that's one thing. Because now I'm like, okay, whatever price point I had in mind, guaranteed, that just increased. Because that's hella disrespectful. Um, but if I'm him, I'm like, you know, I need, I need like 215, 230 guaranteed. Like, it don't got to be, well, no, I need that fully guaranteed now I think about it. But... Because I'm like, I'm looking at the market. I'm like, okay, uh, you got Lamar, or you got Murray. Um, I think his is like 165. And, and then you got Watson with, with what, 230? Mm-hmm. 236, something like that. Guarantee. I'm like, oh, I accomplished more than, than Watson did. And I have less storylines t- tagged to me. Don't come to me with the injured stuff. Because if you really care, you would start working on my offense and not my defense all the time that, you know, continuously blow the leads that I put up in the fourth quarter. Um, but, you know, coming from the organization side, I'm just doing the the non-exclusive tag like go ahead and negotiate and see what value you get because if everybody really like if all the owners really had an issue with the Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed deal because of the desperation from the Browns then nobody's going to offer me offer him more than that mm-hmm. and all I have to do is match the the top offer because you can't let him go and then also image matters. Your next quarterback after Lamar is going to remember this situation. So don't try to hold him hostage. Mm-hmm. Give him the non-exclusive. Bank on somebody not offering him that much guarantee. And you might be stuck with paying him 200 or 215, 220 instead of over 236. So. Let, let me propose this option. So really the contract that he would be looking for would technically be what, four years, $200 million guaranteed, right? So that's $50 mm-hmm. million dollars a year. Pretty what much. If, what if they were to do three years instead of four and give him $150 million guaranteed? So he'd be making $50 million a year. I mean, is it all guaranteed? Yeah, it, it would be like, so the contract would technically maybe be a little bit more than that, but then the guaranteed money would be $50 million a year guaranteed, so $150 million guaranteed. So the organization is paying him less, but he's making per year what he would be making, what he's looking to make out of guaranteed money for it, years. It depends on if he wants a long-term deal or not, because I would, I mean, I would understand it, but 
because you would have a, a couple of years with the new coordinator, right, and see how it goes. Because maybe Baltimore isn't the right fit for him. But at least he would be able to see what happens under this new coordinator and give him a couple years to see if they surround him with anybody. But then knowing that the market is going to go up in three years, he'd be able to make a lot more and get, be able to get out of Baltimore faster, a year faster. So that's that might I would at least try that if I were both sides. I would at least try that and see what happens. Baltimore not trying to pay him, period. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the the only thing that's messing me up is like I need to know if they actually offered him 133 guarantee. Because like if that's true. I'm like, doubling it. Well, I'm just thinking from like a, a standpoint of like ownership. Y'all really think that's his value? Like, what did you like? I understand bargaining and you want to lowball a little bit, but that's a hell of a lowball. So I'm like, what was y'all thinking his max was going to be? <laughs> Probably 165. Yeah. But like, Murray's been paid at the beginning of the season. So all that, like, through the season stuff, that was dead. Cause it's just like, okay, well, Murray already got paid and we're still negotiating. So now, I need more than him. So they know for a long time that he was going to go over that, or they should have known. So I don't know. I don't That's know either. Crazy. And then his camp, his camp was coming out and saying that Lamar never demanded a fully guaranteed contract from the Ravens. Do y'all believe it? Like, that's coming from his country. Do, do you believe that? Yeah, because most of it has to deal with, okay, we want this much guaranteed. But let's just say it's four years for – let's just say he won five years for three, 300, 350 or whatever it is. I don't know how they do it. He just wants the first – or six years. How about this? Six years for 300. He just wants the first four years guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And then they can figure it out from there. Or if they said six, uh, seven years, 300 or three, 325 or something like that. He just wants – First four years guaranteed. And then they can renegotiate it after the first four and, you know, go from there. But yeah, that's how they do it because they got to restructure Mahomes' contract because he's way more valuable than his actual, mm-hmm. like that half a billion dollar contract. Yeah. They got to restructure it now because, like, they're like, oh, shoot. Okay. So I'm, if I'm the Ravens, I'd be a little worried right now because. You got these quarterbacks that are going to get signed new deals soon, and they may not be at Watson's level, but they they're they're maybe higher than Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and you know such as contract. So now this like, okay, well now we got to <laughs> pay Lamar m- m- more, you know. So maybe it's not Deshaun Watson, but it's still more than we were going to pay him. So now not, stuck. James, they the people that are up are going to. Has Watson, and I—that's why I know that the league was mad at the Browns for doing that because it's just like, well, we knew he was going to eventually get to this point because, okay, people want to blame, you know, Murray's, you know, play style for why they shouldn't pay him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You look at the QBs that everybody is loving right now, 
they accomplish more than Watson. And so, and they play it traditionally. They play the, you know, quarterback position traditionally. So Burrow, if Burrow wants over Watson money, even if they did a non-exclusive tag on him and let him negotiate, he's passing that. Mm-hmm. Jared Allen, even though like he hit or miss in the back end, he's going to pass that. They, people like him. That's why he's always, you know, top three and you know winning the Super Bowl next year. Yeah. Hertz has a case. He made it to the Super Bowl. He did. So I'm all asking. these players is going to be. Everybody up next is going to pass Watson unless if they don't want to. If they're just like, I want to do a team-friendly deal, that's the only way. But all of them has the capability right. of passing that. I 100% agree with you. They do have the capability. I don't know if they <laughs> will. Maybe they'll go right under. Maybe they'll go right at them or even go more. I don't know what they're going to do. But either way, it's not good for the Ravens because either way, they're getting – then Lamar has even more leverage at, at that point. Yeah, I mean, his biggest leverage is he's done the most with the least. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's done the most with half the talent, if not worse. And, and, and like I said, everybody like, – that's how I was saying, like, with Hurts being in the Super Bowl was huge. Because mm-hmm. if you want to, you know, compare styles and you want to say if my style can't win championships, um, I'm a better version of Jalen Hurts. Right. Just I just don't have the weapon. Right. You give me mm-hmm. an AJ Brown and a, a Devontae Smith and a, and a and backfield. We can do something. Look at it this way, because when because you know a lot of people like to make the argument of like, oh, you know, if you're that great of a quarterback, you don't need weapons. You make nobody's good. Tell me how uh, great did Aaron Rodgers look when Adams was gone? Boy, he looked pedestrian at best. Zero 300-yard games. And that's what Lamar has to deal with his whole career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd argue that um, Jones and Dylan are better than the running all the running backs that the Ravens have had. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, I I don't know. if I, If I – like I said, that would be the deal that I would propose to Lamar because if they franchise Lamar, he's going to make $45 million. A year, so it's like you need to beat forty-five million a year, but if you don't want to pay him the two hundred thirty million guarantee with the at least fifty million dollars a year, you know, plus, then you need to try to find see if you can get him at fifty million for for less years, but guaranteed money for fifty. So Lamar's making more, you're paying out less. It might work. If not, if you're the Ravens, you just gotta let him. You know, you just gotta trade him. Yeah, because also you you can franchise tag him because he's not going to play. <laughs> he's not going to play, so it's like okay, well we can franchise tag him for forty five, but we're not going to have him. So you're just paying you're paying the man to negotiate longer. Mm-hmm. But also, that's going to teach teach us two things about Lamar. <clears throat> A lot of people were saying, you know, in the playoffs. Or they're saying, like, oh, he would have been able to play in the playoffs. He's been healthy, but he's not playing because he doesn't have his contract. Mm-hmm. If he gets franchise tag and and plays, then that, that proves that 
that theory long, wrong. So basically, if he gets franchise tag and he plays, then we know, like, okay, he was really injured and that's why he never came back. But if he doesn't play, you know that he could have been, came back, and he just made a statement of, like, if y'all paid me, I'd have been out there and we wouldn't have won. Right. Hey, either way, I don't care. Give me my money. <laughs> I got hurt. You wanted me to come back out there. I'm not coming back out there. Y'all just seen what happened to Kyler. Kyler got hurt like two weeks after Lamar did. What are we doing, man? Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing to really talk about. Don't worry about trade for D-Hop. Talk about you got to be there for your brothers. I don't care about these men. <laughs> I don't owe y'all nothing. Listen, are y'all going to be there for me when I need my bills paid? Exactly. Are y'all going to pay my bills? But where are your brothers? No, you're not. <laughs> you're my co-workers. You're my co-workers. Yes, <laughs> you're my co-workers. We're a band of brothers. No, we're not. We're a band of co-workers. Don't like, get it. Did, buddy. did he not give you the script? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be interesting. March 7th, we're going to see a lot of what's going on if, if these teams can't get these deals done. Uh, but another big move on the coaching end, uh, Eric Bieniemy offensive coordinator uh, for the commanders now. Uh, so one of the gauge off thoughts on that coach Murph, uh, he's in your division now. What do you think about uh, the move? Do you think that this was a good move for Eric B and what do you expect to be the result of that? Um, sorry. Um, it's a risky move. It's an uphill battle, but um I think it's just delaying the inevitable. The only way he, – he's not getting a head coaching job. It's just not going to happen. Even if the Washington um, offense prevail with whoever, because nobody wants to talk about it, but Washington is about to get a new owner. They have no allegiance to whatever staff is coming in right now. Mm. So that could be a reason why he doesn't get the job because they want to put a buddy of theirs in at that position instead. So then you think like, okay, well, maybe. Well, the only way he's going to get a job to me as a head coach is if Andy Reid retires and he still doesn't have a job. I wouldn't be shocked if the own if it's the same owners, they're just like, hey, the enemy, you can come back and take this job. But think, it's not going to happen in Washington. Do you think <clears throat> um, they're not playing well? They might be out on Rivera. They could get rid of him in the mid- middle of the season. Do you think Bianami might have a shot there, become an interim head coach, and if he does well, then they keep him the following year? No, we saw that with the Panthers. Oops, yeah. <laughs> getting an interim coach who balls out, even though you're taking players from him, and then y'all don't give him the head coaching job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, if they're out on Rivera, who is it? The current owners that out that's out on them, or is it the new owners? If the if the new owners is want to look at it and they're going to be like, well, we want to take you out, and these guys that are attached to you, 
these this is your staff. We just want to revamp everything. Then he he's in a lose lose there. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be given enough time to show that like oh because this is going to be a process because they're not drafting a guy. So unless if they get a guy in free agency like a you know Jimmy G or something like that, something that he can work with. He's going to need a couple of years for Sam Howe, but he probably won't have that many years to prove his point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. <clears throat> Coach Pace, how you feel about the Vietnamese move? Man, they're doing him similar to how they doing doing, uh, what's his name? Um, I'm drawing a blank. Who's the coach for Miami? Like a couple years ago. Oh, Flores. Right. Yeah, something similar to him, just in a different manner. Um, because they both should be head coaches. It's just Flores, you know, strong-willed opinion. BNME might be a strong-willed person. I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but I just don't feel like he ever going. He's just doing a lateral move just to give himself um, some more rapport, I guess, or make himself look better because it's not with Mahomes. And then what's going to happen is he's going to find out that even if they do go to the playoffs or something like that, and Taylor Heineke looks like the second coming of like Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't know. Um, And he makes him out to be like a pro bowler or something. Guess what? He still ain't going to get the credit. So it's just kind of, I don't know. It's like a spinning wheel at this point. It's a really sad situation. I mean, I hope it works out for him, but he did just go to a dysfunctional franchise. Um, and the right now, the toughest division in football going based off this past year. Uh, so with a with Sam Howell, I'm like, eh. uh, the only good thing, the only one, the one good thing in his corner, though, is that Washington last year was what, 20, ranked 24th in offense. And if he does anything better than that, if he gets him, even if he gets him to like middle of the road, like 15, you know, 16, then I mean, he might get credit for that because they're not going to give it to Ron Rivera. They're definitely not going to give it to the quarterback, whoever's throwing the ball. So he might get some credit there. Uh, the problem is, I don't think that's going to be enough for him to get a head coaching job. But I think at least people would be like, oh, well, I guess he is a good, really good offensive coordinator because he was in the shadow of Andy Reid. Andy Reid gets all the credit. So people are even questioning his offensive coordinator abilities, which is part of the problem. So if he's able to at least do that there, I mean, it's a long hill, you know, uphill fight for him. But I think he had to get out of the shadow to at least prove what he can do. This wasn't the most ideal situation for him, but because they were played so poorly last year if they do better he does get some credit for that because they're definitely not going to give it to anyone else on on that in that organization I don't think um but then he has another hurdle to even get a head coaching job after that you know so it it, it was kind of a not an ideal situation for him either way but you know I don't blame him for doing that I just hope it works out for him and we'll see what happens see what happens uh, but 
All right, we're going to end the show with our bet segment, bet basketball. We're going to show you how to spend your money this weekend on the betting. So, fellas, what y'all got? I've been I've been cold. You know, I haven't got a dub yet since we started this series. So, I, I took it a little bit more simple. And I got, you know, a slate of Saturday games. I, I took the Nuggets over the Grizzlies and the Pacers um, over the Magic. I did pick the Xavier game versus uh, Seton Hall today. So, Coach Pace, you go ahead and go while I get try to get a quick update. See if this ticket is still alive. Um, all mine are tomorrow. So I got Texas Tech over TCU. Um, I think TCU is ranked like 24, but it's at Texas Tech. So, and it's a, I think the spread was like less than three. So that's a toss up game right there. Um, I got Kansas State over Oklahoma State. I think Kansas State is ranked like 14 and Oklahoma State is unranked. So they think, and it's like a four point spread or something like that. Yeah, that's a toss-up game, too. I think Kansas State is going to come in there poised and get a dub. So, And then, of course, I got the money line of Denver beating Memphis um, just because I believe that – well, no Steven Adams. I think that, yeah. Joe gets about to control the whole pace of the game. Yeah. I'm definitely with y'all with the, with the Denver Nuggets money line. Over Memphis, the college games are throwing me off. Like, cause college games are so hard sometimes. To... They are, they are. Hey, the only thing I can tell y'all is don't bet on Ohio State, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my other friends, he learned not to bet on Ohio State and not to bet on the Blue Jackets. Cause every mm-hmm. time he bet for them to win, they lose. Every time he bet for them to lose, they win. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. This was a tough one here. The Kansas State, you know, actually, so on Coach Merz, the Pacers at Magic, I'm a little worried about that one too because the Pacers are so iffy and they're in Orlando. They just got through with a, with a double overtime game or overtime game against the, the Celtics. Listen, man, don't be worried. Don't and be plus, worried. I'm partially there because Xavier won so I'm I'm two I'm two picked out, baby. <laughs> so you got a little edge there. You got a little edge. Oh, <laughs> uh, so really for me, it's b- between the Pacers game on on Coach Murphs and the I, I think I think Texas Tech was a me for for yours, Coach Pace is the Kansas State game. I'm a I'm nervous about on yours. Listen, man. I would be nervous too if I was uh Oklahoma State. Okay. I I guess I'll pick Coach Murphy this time just because I have more faith in the Pacers than I do in Kansas State. I, this is probably gonna blow up in my face. But yeah, these were two good cards here. Uh safe but still getting some funds out of it uh for a three pick parlay. So I, I think either one of these would be good, a little bit of risk, but they're calculated risk that y'all could take. So, hopefully things go well. You get some fun, get your funds up this weekend. So, that's it for us here on the Coach's Box. We appreciate y'all tuning in again. 
And, you know, we'll be back next week to do it all over again. So stay blessed and stay safe, y'all. Peace.